Praise the name of the Lord. This is D.K. Groves with Rock Solid Truth, and I'm so glad that you have joined with us tonight for our Rock Solid Truth broadcast. You know, if no one has told you today, you are blessed with all spiritual blessing. You are the head and not the tail. You are more than a conqueror. Praise the name of the Lord. I praise God for you, and I thank God, and, and I praise God that you are having a wonderful day in the, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you're walking around as a victor, not as a victim, but as a victor. Praise the Lord. Last week, I began a new series, and I began teaching out of the book that I wrote entitled Christianity Broken. And what this book is all about is it's about an intimate relationship with God the Father and God the Son. Isn't that awesome? I don't know if you realize this, but you and I can have an intimate relationship. Intimate meaning life-bearing. Amen? More than a personal relationship, I'm talking about intimacy between God the Father, God the Son, and you. He has created us for that intimate relationship. If you've got your Bibles, I'm going to pick up where I left off. Amen? John chapter 3, verse 36. John chapter 3, verse 36. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life but the wrath of God abideth on him. Notice what the scripture says. He that believeth on the Son hath, means present, not, not only present tense, but past tense, has everlasting life. In other words, if you are born again, the minute you became born again, you received everlasting life. Everlasting life is something that you received when you became born again, when you believed on Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Most people believe that everlasting life is living forever. Most people relate to John 3.16, to living forever in heaven rather than living forever in hell. Listen to me. Everybody lives forever. Look at John 3.36 again. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. You see, the scripture is not talking about something that's going to take place in some future event. It's speaking about right now, in your physical body, right now. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. Look at John chapter 5, verse 24. John chapter 5, verse 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. What a powerful word. He that believeth on me, Jesus is saying, hath everlasting life. And you're not supposed to pass into condemnation, but you're supposed to pass from death under life. This is not speaking about some future event. This, spe this is speaking about everlasting life the moment you became born again. And it's speaking about something that is already an established reality. You see, what is taking place in the scripture is that it's given you a window for which you can look in and see everlasting life. Everlasting life is a present 
intense reality. And it's a passing from death to life. And in that passing, oh, this is so good. And in that passing, there is no condemnation. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 tells you, There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. It's a present tense reality. You're not supposed to be dealing with unworthiness, condemnation, or any of those things. It's a present tense reality. You have passed from death to life. And in that passing, freedom from condemnation and it's talking about a very precious, intimate relationship. This scripture shows you that everlasting life is a present tense possession. And the reason that I bring this to you is because I want you to see that everlasting life means so much more than you being freed from going to hell from the pains of not being saved. Everlasting life is so much more than you just escaping hell. So what is eternal life? Look at John chapter 17, verse 2. John chapter 17, verse 2. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him, and this is eternal life, that they might know thee, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. That's what eternal life is. That you might know the only true God and Jesus Christ. What a powerful statement. You know, this is really contrary to how most people view and think about eternal life. Everybody lives forever. Everlasting life is not living forever in heaven. Everlasting life is knowing the one true God in Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. You know, to many people, this is a disappointment. I need to say it again. To many people, this is a disappointment. For many will tell me, and many have told me, that you mean everlasting life is just knowing God? Just being a Christian? Most people who ever go to church will proclaim, well, I know God. I know the things of God. The word know is not speaking about intellectual knowledge concerning God or knowing about the things of God or experiencing things with God. The word is describing intimate relationship with God. That's what it's describing. The word know or knew is the word used in the word of God to describe the most intimate relationship that man and woman can have personally. What I'm going to show you is something that is really awesome. It's powerful. Look at Genesis chapter 4 verse 1. Genesis chapter 4 verse 1. And Adam knew Eve's wife. And she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. Now look at verse 25. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son and called his name Seth. For God said, she hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel whom Cain slew. 
What are we talking about here? Personal intimacy. Eternal life is being defined and described by the Lord Jesus Christ himself as intimacy with God and himself. You know, please keep in mind that the one describing eternal life is the author and finisher of that same eternal life. Look at Hebrews chapter 5, verse 9. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 9. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Intimate relationship with God. Intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now look at John 3.16. John 3.16. A well-known verse of scripture that all of us know. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have intimacy with God. But have personal, intimate, close relationship, life abundantly, communion, unity with God and the Lord Jesus Christ. And here it is. The reason that the Lord Jesus Christ came to this earth was to bring you into intimate relationship with God and himself. You know, when I got saved, I didn't hear that. I heard about angels rejoicing. I heard about having escaped the fires of hell. I heard that God loved me. And I also heard that now that I've been saved, it's time to go to work. I'll say it again. The reason that the Lord Jesus Christ came to this earth was not to forgive you of sins, even though that would happen. It was to bring you into intimate relationship with himself and his Father. That was the whole purpose of God, sending his Son, Jesus Christ, to this earth. The whole purpose. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son to bring you and I into personal relationship with him. And that, my friends, is not the message that most of us have heard. The message that I heard, and I'm sure you did too, was repent or else. Turn or burn. Either believe on the Lord Jesus Christ or you will find yourself in a burning eternal pit. And then, and then there was even those who would even go a step further and say, come to Jesus if you can get your body healed. Come to Jesus so you can get your marriage healed and restored. Come to Jesus and find peace from the storm. Find refuge from your troubles so that you can begin to benefit for all that he's done from you. That's the message that I heard when salvation was brought to me. And I want to tell you that for the most part, I became born again out of fear. What do I mean by that? The Word of God says that if you're born again and you're out of fear, it was not birthed in perfect love. Perfect love. And I many, many times during my life, many times, I'm struggling 
with the concept of righteousness and I'm struggling with the concept of holiness, never understanding what God was saying through his word. And for the most part, that's the message that multitudes of people are hearing from the church today. I have listened to many, many, many altar calls, and I have yet to hear someone saying, come to Christ, because it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance, as told in Ephesians. Come to Christ so that you can have intimate relationship with him and his father. It's not about turning from judgment. It's not about turning from wrath. It's not about turning and even repenting. It's not about a debt that is owed. It's not about one day you're going to have to give an account. The good news of the gospel is about a personal, intimate relationship with the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And for the most part, the message that is being preached today is relating to fear and the purpose of one driving people to God rather than leading them to God. Look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. This is a powerful word. It changed my life. 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. Aaron is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. How many people do I know? How many children of God do I know? How many people are struggling with fear in their relationship, with condemnation in their relationship, simply because their relationship was not made out of love. You see, the scripture is in direct confrontation to many of God's people living their lives right now. There is a tremendous amount of people who serve Jesus and his Father out of fear. They serve him out of losing their salvation. They serve him out of doing wrong. They serve him out of fear of punishment. This verse says fear has torment. And if you're living in that fear, you know that it has torment. It tormented me for years until I come into the revelation of God's word. You see, I'm not talking about the fear of reverence as spoken in the Bible. But the fear spoken in the first John about torment. And the scripture says that he who fears is not made perfect in love. In other words, if you're serving God and you are fearful of his punishment, if you're fearful of him withdrawing his blessings, if you're fearful of losing your salvation, if you're fearful of his judgments, then beloved, I'm telling you that you have not been made perfect perfect in receiving him as your savior because you have not been made perfect in his love you're tormented how simple is this principle and yet how profound how many times have people read the scripture and still do not know what the scripture is saying 
Fear hath torment, and torment brings pain, and it brings pain in your relationship. And one of the reasons that you do not have a better relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and His Father is because you have not understanding concerning how much He loves you. How much God the Father loves you. How much God the Son loves you. His love is perfect. Yours is not. Your love is motivated out of negativism and out of fear. I am dealing with an individual right now that has been taught all of these negative things. And they're struggling. And a great deal of religion is about don't do this, don't do that, you can't do this, and you can't do that. Religion is about rejection. Religion is about criticism. And if you are serving God under these conditions, it's no wonder that you do not enjoy living for Him. It's no wonder that you don't enjoy reading and meditating in your Bible. If you're thinking that God is just waiting for you to do something wrong, and I mean, I had that concept many, many years ago. If you're thinking that judgment is just going to fall every time you do something wrong, if you think there's going to be a withdrawal of his blessings every time you do something wrong, if you're trying to do these things to please God, and it's not working for you, you are dealing in love that is not perfect. If you feel you've got to read the Bible just to please him, do devotions just to please him, pray just to please him, your motivation is fear, and fear has torment. Anytime you use negative measures to try to bring about positive results, you end up with results that are not perfect. Hear me, child of God. You end up with results that are not perfect. The reason that he came, because he desires for you to have eternal life, intimate relationship with him. The good news of the gospel. He came to pour his grace out on you. To pour his mercy out on you. So that you might have eternal life. So that you might have intimate relationship with him. God carries a picture of you. An 8 by 10 of you. Everywhere he goes. God loves you so much. That he sent his only begotten son. So that you could have personal relationship. With the father and his son. Here's the real motivation of salvation. And in the real motivation of salvation, there is no fear. And there is no torment. There is no fear of losing your salvation. There is no fear of rejection. And there is no fear of denial. Why? Because love is made perfect. Love has been made perfect. Everything in the Word of God springs forth because of relationship, because of intimacy, 
because of personal communion. If you're doing things like praying an hour a day, reading an hour a day, doing work at the church or in some ministry because you're desiring to get God's approval, your motivation is fear. And I do not need to tell you because you already know that you're tormented. You know that you have, and the reason that you are tormented is because you are not comprehending God's love for you. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. May be able to comprehend with all the saints the breadth, length, depth, and height of his love. Rooted and grounded in his love. Look at verse 19. And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. That you might be filled with all the fullness of God. What a powerful word. You know, I pray that this word is touching your heart. I pray that this word is reaching down deep inside of you and ministering to you. If you need somebody to pray with, give me a call, 309-292-3457. Amen. I am believing that the Lord is touching your heart, and I believe that we can walk together in the revelation of God's Word. This is D.K. Grooms with Rock Solid Truth. Go with God, and He will surely, surely go with you. We'll see you on the next broadcast.